Hi, I'm Nate Flax. I'm Noah Longworth-McGuire. And, and this, this is, is Talking, Talking Lion. Lion. Talking Lion is a podcast focused on artist-to-artist conversations. We're primarily artists, a duo called Sleeping Lion. And throughout our career as songwriters and producers, we've had the opportunity to work with so many incredible rising artists. Talking Lion is about hitting record on the conversations we've had with our musical friends and collaborators to get a glimpse into what their life's been like and where it's going. A few reminders before we start. Firstly, we now have a Patreon for fans of the show to show their support and help keep the show going. As a Patreon subscriber, not only will you earn rewards, but you'll also gain exclusive access to a chat room in our Discord server. Here you can talk with us and even suggest questions for our guests. Go to patreon.com slash talkinglion to subscribe. We appreciate your support. As we mentioned, we also have a Discord server that's become a sort of community hub for Sleeping Lion and Talking Lion. We're very active on there and very eager to talk to you about who you are on the show and how you feel about the new episodes, as well as just talking about life. So yeah, come through and you can talk with us. You can make some new friends, share your art, and share your memes. Go to sleepinglionmusic.com slash discord to join our server. We hope to see you there. Lastly, our faces on a shirt. We have shirts now for Talking Lion with our faces on them. If you want to wear us on your shirt, buy a shirt. It helps support the show and it shows your friends that you like Sleeping Lion and Talking Lion. You can find these shirts on our website, sleepinglionmusic.com slash store. Pro tip, Patreon supporters of the honorary lion tier or higher will get a free shirt. Now back to the show. We recorded this episode with our new friend, Jillian Rossi. We first connected with Jillian on Instagram once we learned that she collaborated with a bunch of our mutual friends. But this was the first time we got a chance to talk to her outside of DMs. We recorded this a few days after the release of her new single, Hurt Again, which was co-written by our friends, Alex Burrell, Colin Foote, and podcast alumni, Emma Loveblock of Loot. A powerful vocalist and an excellent songwriter, Jillian Rossi's talent shines through in her collaborations, viral TikToks, and relatable songs. So, without further ado, I'm Jillian Rossi, and this is Talking Lion. Well, hey. Hello. Welcome. It's nice to finally meet you. Nice to finally meet you guys as well. I'm happy to be here. We've been listening to your music for a while because it's been like co-written by a bunch of our mutual friends. And it's so like nice to finally meet you because we've been DMing like for a minute. And I just think it's such a small world in that in that sense, you know? Yeah, for sure. Well, I'm glad you guys have been listening. That's so that's so nice and so awesome. Who of your friends have co-written some of my songs. I'm just curious who you're friends with. Maria. Maria oh, is a gem of a human. Oh my gosh. Yeah. She's like one of my favorite people ever from Berkeley and LA. <laughs> she's brilliant. She's like, I've never met like a kinder, just like soul. I've never, yeah. I've never said anything about anybody's soul before, but like, yeah. she's, she's just, she's just like, like glowing light. She's just like the nicest. 100%. Person. And she brings carrots, like baby carrots to sessions. Really? I don't think she's ever brought them to mind. Maybe because she probably knows I wouldn't eat those. <laughs> <laughs> we ate we ate so much carrots. Uh, we wrote this one song. It was funny because she came over to write and we were not gonna, we, we were sort of just gonna like get to know each other and not write something. And in the last 15 minutes, we wrote like a really cute song. Like oh. a, it was like a, uh, yeah, it's, it's one of my favorites at the moment. That's so good. Uh, just sort of small world stuff. And obviously her and uh, Perrin have just like crushed yeah. your writing. Like it's great. Yeah. Like, yeah. We did Fever Dream <laughs> together. That was super fun. I love that. Mm-hmm. I love that. Um, yeah. And we're all we're all Berkeley schmucks. So that's, oh, yeah. Uh, a lot of those. <laughs> I don't think you guys are Berkeley schmucks, though. That's like a harsh definition. I think you guys are cool. But there are a lot of Ber- Berkeley schmucks. 
<laughs> I appreciate that. I think everybody is a schmuck, uh, one way or another. Yeah. But uh, <laughs> but w- what years were you there? We're, I'm curious if we like overlapped at all. I think we might have. Um, I was there from. I got there in 2017, and I graduated in 2020. So I was pretty much there for only two and a half years because of the pandemic, and I graduated a year early. Uh, I left in 2017, so we just oh, missed each other. Okay, yeah. I don't know, but I've heard of you guys for like years. And I know a couple of people, like a people, I've seen your names around and I've seen, I don't know if this is you or this is someone else, but Noah Longworth McGuire written that somewhere. <laughs> and yeah. that be... is what I associate Talking Lion with. That's I'll, I'll take it. Yeah, yeah. You, can, you, you, can, you can have that, man. Yeah. Sorry to to you. No. Oh, Nate Flax, right? That's me. That's See? me. Yeah. That's the other one. I got it. Yeah, I was at Berkeley in 2018 or until 2018. So I was I was floating around yeah. at some point those those last two years. That's awesome. Writing with people. Love that. So are you guys like brothers or friends or not brothers? No, we're Definitely friends. Definitely not brothers. Yeah. Friends. I mean, yeah, we did you not see the similarities between <laughs> us? How we look? You guys look exactly alike. Exactly alike. No, we, we met at Berkeley. Um nice. and we started our project there. I think one of the interesting things about our experience there was we were sort of pursuing the kind of other sources of entertainment mm-hmm. while we were there. Like I was interested in film. You were doing, I mean, you were doing an MP&E, which is a lot closer to what you do now. Yeah. But but also like the whole idea of like songwriting and session and stuff. Yeah. Kind of like what we weren't aware of that. Noah, Noah did the Hot 100 class. Yeah. And that's me where too. he sort of like introduced me to that world yeah. because of it. But yeah, like overall, we just started our project not really knowing what we were doing or what was going on or whatever. I just knew to do the blog stuff. Cool. And so we were like some of the first people in our uh, class to get like Spotify playlisting and like that kind oh. of notoriety. Wow. Um, you were Berkeley famous. You had Berkeley clout. That's like my thing. I don't. I never had Berkeley clout, but I talk about it a lot. <laughs> That's the thing is like, I, I mean, I would love real clout. That would be awesome. Like yeah. we, you know. I'd rather it be this way for me than being yeah, really cool at yeah. Berkeley than being Well, the, 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 cool what was interesting <laughs> is that because we got, we got, got the sort of Berkeley clout, like a lot of our friends, we wound up like collaborating with uh, in ways that, um, we didn't necessarily think that we could. So so even though like maybe from like a stream count perspective, we kind of look like, you know, a little bit on the on the baby side. Mm-hmm. We've been lucky enough to work with like, you know, a bunch of people from Berkeley and their mutual friends and all that, whatever, because of that early Berkeley, Berkeley bubble buzz. Yeah, <laughs> that's really cool, though. I knew you guys had Berkeley clout. I'm not going to play like I didn't know, but I, I did. Love that. I, love that. <laughs> I knew about it. I knew about you guys. Um, not shocked that you did not know about me. I was a grand old underdog. I was in a lot of the cool clout classes, but I was very much a small figure there. I was not a big wig, (laughs) but, um, (laughs) met some really cool people, learned a lot. I like a lot of the random departments at Berkeley, (laughs) like the musical theater writing department and, uh, some people in the harmony department. I was really bad at harmony, but. Um, I was very taken in there by my favorite teacher, Mark Zaleski. I'll shout him out. I, uh, he was great. We bonded in Steve Kirby's uh, harmony class over uh, analyzing still crazy after all these years. Nice. That's <laughs> fun. But yeah, Berkeley was uh, interesting for me in my department. I, mean, I, I, I dropped out. so <laughs> Really? You know, I didn't uh, know that. Yeah. 
Yeah, I dropped out. Noah stayed. Um, cool. So, so yeah, like there's one degree amongst the two of us. Yeah, and, and and likewise, I wasn't really studying songwriting there. It just happened that I wound up getting into songwriting. That's cool. On the way to LA, like we literally stopped in Nashville and I did my first session coming nice. out here. Nice, very cool. Just like ran, random stuff. Yeah. But yeah, I, I didn't I didn't know you at Berkeley. But what's nice about Berkeley Buzz is that it doesn't have to exist in Boston. Like. Once yeah. you started putting out stuff and like our, and started collaborating with our friends and all that, I started hearing your name everywhere. So and, really, and loved That's your music. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. I'm so glad. Yeah. Of course, of course. I mean, yeah, we're both recovering theater kids too, so we love like, yeah. you know, when somebody can really like hit that note. Wow. You know? Thank you. <laughs> that makes me so happy. Yeah, I'm also a recovering theater kid. I think that was more traumatizing than Berkeley. I don't know. Theater club. Or Berkeley. Hmm. I don't know. Those they're 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 a close call. <laughs> I, I mean, I've I've never I've never met anybody who's done either uh, theater or Berkeley who hasn't oh. uh, had some traumatic story associated with it. Yeah, uh, both. You know? Def both. <laughs> yeah, both. Just both. Yeah, both. I'll do both. Let's do both. <laughs> they'll they'll tie. There'll be a tie. They'll they'll be a tie for me. <laughs> yeah, they can compete. They can talk amongst themselves, and we'll see who who comes out victorious. Oh know? yeah. Yeah. Where are you from originally? I am from Long Island, New York. Um, no shit. All right. Yeah. So my brand might seem super classy and cool and like elegant, but I am actually Long Island trash. Well, I'm from I'm from Westchester, so I'm I'm oh. like equidistant uh, to the city to you, just on a different, different on the different side of the state. Yeah. yeah. Very cool. Together, together we make one L. Yeah. <laughs> just one big. We're just taking L's. <laughs> Just taking L's. <laughs> yeah. That's cool, though. Did you do any open mics in, like, the city and stuff growing up? I'm trying to think. I did a lot on Long Island. I went to an arts high school the last two years of high school. It was weird. They, like, bust me there for my electives in high school. So I did my, like, my academics in the morning and then got bussed over to an arts high school in the afternoon to do all, like, singing stuff and music stuff. And there I was in this— In the city? No, in, on Long Island. And Long there Island, yeah. I was— um I like created a little duo with me and my friend. His name's Jeremy. He also went to Berkeley. Um, and we were Jillian and Jeremy. And uh, oh. the, the end was a treble clef. And um, we, did, Incredible. <laughs> we did a bunch of little like, you know, like coffee shops and like um, events for the school. And we were kind of like, we had like Long Island School of the Arts clout. So, you know. Do, I mean, that'll do it. <laughs> yeah. The, the L-I-S- a the the Lisa. Well, it's called Lisa, actually. L i h s a. Yeah, that, yeah you were it. right. It's it. the only place I was really like popping off. I was like really cool there. <laughs> I have a very important New York based question, oh, which boy. is, uh, how badly do you miss the bagels? Um, a lot. I think they suck here. I've had one bagel since I've been out here, and it was at a four point five star place, and they were very bad. So. RIP. I get sad every day yeah. about it. Yeah. Yeah. My boyfriend um, this year lived in New York City in the East Village, right like two steps away from Tompkins Square Bagels. And those are the uh. best bagels I've ever had in my entire life. Everything bagel, toasted with veggie cream cheese, chef's kiss. I can literally just like taste it as and you're describing it. And I, I ate and I'm still hungry. Yeah. I mean, that's how it will make you feel. What are you up to right now? Like, what's what's been new in this in this? Uh, well, I don't even know what day of the week it is. 
it'll be Sunday when this comes out. So what's what, what what's this week like for you? Yeah. So this week I usually do sessions every day. Today I reserved it for Talking Lion. So. Why, thank you very much. Um, didn't very have a session grateful. today. I'm moving out of my sublet soon, so I'm trying to find an apartment. Um, working on a publishing thingy, but I won't say much on that, um, just in case um, anything <laughs> completely goes wrong, because every time I seem to talk about something, that happens. Um, but curse. yeah, I are you asking about like my day to day or like a week or just like what am I up to recently? Uh, as far as like this week goes, like what's what's getting you hyped? Like what what's what's got you excited? Yeah, I mean, I just released my song Hurt Again this past weekend, um, which is super exciting. Um, trying to make it move on TikTok like the last two. It's hard to go three for three, but we are trying um, <laughs> and uh, seems to be going doing pretty well. I'm very happy with it so far. I, yeah, I have sessions pretty much every day and um, I've kind of put my EP together, which is really nice. Hopefully that'll be out in February. The other thing I wanted to ask is, did you take to TikTok like this year and like, and, and what, what was your, what was your experience with the app? Yeah. So I started watching TikTok very early. Um, this guy that like I used to like semi-date that went to my gym would make really cringy t- TikToks. So I like would send them to my friends and be like, oh my God, what is this? Shout out him. <laughs> so I like, that's the first person I knew that was ever posting on TikTok. And it was like 2019 fall. And there's all these super cringy videos from that guy from the gym. So I was like, what's TikTok? And then I started really watching a lot of it. And I was like, wow, this is so funny. Like this is like Vine 2.0. And I always kind of told myself if another app like Vine came out, I would like get my ass on it and try to like, you know, make something of myself. And I was going to start off doing like impressions because that was that's kind of (laughs) like another thing I do secretly. Wait, I I don't know you do impressions. We're going to I'm pausing your story. I want to hear one. Oh, my God. Everyone loves my Halsey one. I'm going to start this out by saying I really meant it from the start. Take a broken man, write out his hands and put back on his parts. But you're not half the man you think that you are. And you can't feel the hole inside of you with money, girls, and cars. What the fuck? That's really good. That was great. <laughs> Thank you. I used to do impressions secretly for uh, with a lot of like, not with a lot of Berkeley girls, of a lot of Berkeley girls. I mean, you you yeah. were probably like a ringer for the um, like sound alike projects at Berkeley. I don't think I ever did one. I did a lot of like live too because I kind of created my whole own band oh, yeah. there, and people were like, "Ooh, easy." The, uh, I I kept I kept getting called in for uh for sound alike projects. So I was always so excited, but I don't know how to do impressions well. I just like I did like Maddie Healy for chocolate. Oh, um, oh my god, smell like chocolate. Everyone's that good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which I mean that's pretty easy. You just gotta just gotta do that. Somebody had me on a Peter Gabriel track. And I'm just like uh, you know. Oh, and then you had me on a uh, on, on the, the suburbs. Fire, yeah. In the suburbs, I love it. <laughs> I learned to drive. <laughs> Yeah, but that was that's really really good. Thank you. Yeah, but I mean you're, you're crushing on the app. We've seen Thank friends you. just really embrace it this year. There's a lot about TikTok that I love, and then there's definitely pros and cons for me. I'm like a very like secret, weird, creative person that like wants like people to hear my song for the first time when it comes out as a surprise. But on TikTok, you know, I kind of have to promote since like pre-saves are kind of my bread and butter. I need to like promote it pre-release. So it's like a lot for me to keep 
you know, promoting my music before it comes out and having people pre-save it into their library. I mean, it's awesome. But like sometimes I'm like, ooh, like I want to keep this one a secret. I want, you know, someone to hear this like like before they've ever heard it. And I'm sure there's people like that who listen to my music. But for me, I know the majority is because my pre-saved stuff on Spotify and just having those videos go viral before the song comes out. So you're 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 circling and like like touching on a really interesting thing that that has been in the back of my head, but I don't think I've actually given it a lot of thought, which is I feel like a lot of the times when we're writing, the most important thing we try to keep in mind is what the first experience is for a listener. Yeah. Because it's in that sort of first experience that you get that, you know, first rush of not knowing what's gonna happen mm-hmm. in the song. Or how a chorus is going to hit you or yeah. how you're going to relate to a lyric. And it's one of our curses, which would be we never get to experience the first listening of our own music. But that, yeah, first listening of a song is the most important, one of the most important things. And, you know, all all of these sort of previews on TikTok is almost like, like the trailer that gives away the whole plot, you know? Yeah. No, that's how I feel. And I enjoy doing it because I know it will help me in the long term. But... You know, I want to get to a point where I'm big enough on social media where I don't have to do it with every song and I can release my EP and have people stream it just as well from just liking what they've heard already and not liking what they've heard um, from something specifically pre-release. So it's like a really good marketing tool. And I, th- I, th- I think it does, you know, in a lot of ways affect how people are writing now because they're thinking like, what's the 30 second chunk that like works best? I think what I really appreciate about your songs is that like when when I was listening, I didn't immediately have that feeling of, oh, this was made for this 30 second part or whatever, which I can't say about everything that I listen to anymore. You know, like you write for yourself and I like that a lot. I think that's great. Yeah, none of my songs are. Yeah, especially for my project. It's just been writing pretty much my experiences. And with Fever Dream especially, I kind of had like, I wrote the song a while before it came out. And I was like, I feel like this would work with one of those car videos that the chorus and the lyrics just kind of, I, I could see it, somebody singing it in their car. And then like, I just kind of did it one day. And Fever Dream was definitely my most successful song. So far, it went viral like seven times. And I never really realized how big it was when it was happening, because it was the first time anything like that had happened to me. But now trying to do that again and again, you see how much that one really took so naturally. And so like organically and how it's really hard to get a moment like that. And I should be appreciative. <laughs> yeah. Well, t- tell me about writing Fever Dream because you wrote it with our friend Maria. Yeah. So Fever Dream was written like last August, like August 2020. It was Perrin, Maria and I and we were all friends from school and we would write a lot on Zoom um, during the pandemic because um, we were three people from school that like were really into sessioning. Perrin especially, I remember she would have like three sessions a day at Berkeley. And I was like, wow, like I do two a day, but that's that's crazy. That's that Berkeley ass clout. Yeah. Yeah. So she would she was always sessioning and I was always sessioning and Maria was always sessioning. So we were like, when the pandemic hit, we were like, oh my God, like we can't go anywhere in person. Like, and they were probably two of the first people I started doing Zoom sessions with. And yeah, I brought in like this guitar concept, like this concept of Fever Dream. And it was like me with an acoustic guitar. And uh, we wrote the song that way on an acoustic guitar. It was different than how I had brought it in, um, sort of. And then 
one day I kind of just took it downstairs in my little music room at my house and I started playing like piano chords and I was like looking up Louis Capaldi type beats and all that. <laughs> and I was like, this could be a huge like ballad. And I was I was always thinking like at least at that point in 2020, it was all about like pitch and Berkeley pitch. Like what if we pitch right, this? Right. But what I was like, I don't think I want to pitch this. I think I could create this like whole artist project of myself with like my voice, like I always felt like my voice wasn't appreciated at Berkeley because ballads and big vocals weren't really a big Berkeley thing, at least in the songwriting department. It was more like that sexy, whispery voice, um, at least from my experience. So I was like, I the want Halsey Rasp. Yeah, the Halsey Rasp. But I was like, I really want to make my project work with my voice. And like, I felt the way I could start was doing ballads to show my range and show my voice, but, you know, not be like super upbeat and super like all the time. (laughs) So I just kind of like took the song in a whole different direction and sang it as a ballad. And I was like, wow. Like, and I sent Maria and Perrin the uh, first like draft of it as a ballad. And they were like, we're crying in the car. We're listening three times. (laughs) And I was like, okay, this is probably good. And then I, I literally just got randomly paired up with Alex Wilkie, who produced it from like a FaceTime call. Somebody was like, you should work with him. Oh, yeah. I forgot. I forgot he he produced it. He's he's great. (laughs) Yeah. um, He's amazing. They were like, yeah, you should just you guys should work together. And I was like, I have this demo. And I sent it and it was like so rough. And he and he like sent me the first one back. And I was like, this is awesome. From there, Fever Dream was born. And then I started promoting it and. It really changed my life. That's incredible. That's awesome. Thank you. Is there a line that stands out for you in the song? Something that like unlocks the song for you? Yeah. Like the pre-chorus is definitely like one of my favorite things I've ever co-written in my whole life. It's like, cause you're so bad for me, but I want your love every morning waking up with him. But I wish you'd call me. I still miss our extremes. And you're so bad for me, but I want your love every morning waking up with him. But I wish you'd call me. I still miss our extremes. Ah, oh, that's awesome. Yeah. Thank yeah. You. I, 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 I think I noted that. I think I noted that, that line yeah. while I was listening earlier nice. today. It's also the way I like, I like emphasize it and like the note, like, I don't remember which one of us wrote that chain, like that weird like note that's in it. It's like, because you're so bad for me. And it's like, it's like the way it's sung. Like, I don't know. Every time I sing it, I'm like, yes, I feel this. So The slide. Yeah. Tell me also about Give Me a Reason. That one, I think that's my favorite. Um, that one, I was it has actually been stuck in my head for the better part of the last forty eight hours. Oh, um. <laughs> well, give me a reason. Was another Zoom session. It was a little later in the year. It was January twenty twenty one, and again, just uh, teamed up with a friend. Oh, you were with Allie. Yeah, Allie Ahern. We've known each other oh, yeah. since yeah. freshman year. We were in Kara's class together sophomore year fall, and she was somebody I always really like liked and respected at Berkeley and thought was super talented. And she also kind of like always did her own thing and like stood out in a good way. 
um, and kind of wasn't in a Berkeley bubble. And I wasn't really in a Berkeley bubble. So I was like, hey, like, let's write together. And she, I think, had reached out to me, too, and was like, yeah, we should definitely write again. So we wrote on Zoom. That was a long session because we, like, caught up a ton. And uh, we wrote it over a House of Wolf track that she had, I think, from her publisher or from working with House of Wolf. And um, yeah, we kind of, we literally just top-lined that song. And then I spoke to House of Wolf myself because I was supposed to be working with them in like a Zoom session the next week or something. (laughs) And I was like, I actually just wrote one of your tracks if you want to like beef it up. And, uh, (laughs) And they did. And that's, yeah, when I... I did. I recorded all my own vocals for that one and arranged everything in it um, vocal wise, like all the ad libs and stuff. And I wrote the bridge like on the spot while recording. So that one. Yeah. Super special to me, too. I I love that one. That's awesome. And I, yeah, I, I opened up the the credits while you, you were chatting. I see Ali's name and I'm like, that's that's amazing. Yeah. Noah. Knows what I've done. I've done four songs with her. I'm, really, I think I think the next four songs she's putting out. I think I've had a hand in one way or another. She's one of my absolute favorite people to work with. Wow, that's awesome. Yeah, she's amazing. I remember that session being very much like Zoom, like mute and come back with stuff. And it was like I remember like I wrote the verse, she wrote the pre. I wrote half the chorus, she wrote the other half. It was so like puzzle pieces, and that's the first time I've ever really done that with a song where it was like, wow, like that's sick. Let's do that after that and piece yours with mine. Uh, yeah, it was very much. I love that. I call it tennis. I love because for me, it feels a lot like, you know, you're in one corner and they're in the other and you're just lobbing the ball over the net yeah. back and forth, you know? Yeah. That's awesome. Small world. Pausing the podcast to shout out our sponsor, New Wave. No, I've been drinking coffee my entire life. You know, as a, as a Roman, same. As a New Yorker, absolutely. It's our birthright. It's our birthright. We came out of the womb drinking coffee. Fully caffeinated. And the thing is, is that we're not getting any younger. That's true. And we're not getting any less anxious. Oh, man, that's true, too. I'll say I have loved coffee my whole life, but lately it hasn't really been agreeing with me. How so? Unfortunately, when I drink coffee now, I just start feeling very agitated, very anxious. I've been looking around for alternatives that don't make my heart just beat out of my chest while I'm in the middle of working. And that's how we stumbled upon New Wave. New Wave's Flow State Coffee is an organic ground coffee meant to lower anxiety, improve brain function, and support creativity. With L-theanine and raw cacao, Flow State Coffee is meant to feel like a cup of hot chocolate or tea while giving the energy of coffee. And now, through Talking Lion, you can try a couple cups of your own. If you go to their website, newwave.co, that's N-O-O, wave.co, you can use the code BREWINGLION for 10% off your first order. We hope you get a creative boost and find your flow state. Now, back to the show. But you just put out Hurt Again Mm -hmm. as well. Which is also beautiful Thank and you. a great song, and yeah, wish, wishing it the best on all the Thanks. all the social medias. Thank you. But yeah, tell me tell me about that one too. Yeah, so that one was my I don't know if it was my first or my second session in LA. It was a ten hour session. Um, I usually don't go that long, but that one was very long because we had started a different song. Um, that I was just like, I don't think this is for me. You're with Burrell and Colin, I'm seeing. I'm like, and Emma. Yes. Oh, my God. I love the two of them. They're, they crack me up. They're like brothers and they're just, they bounce off of they're each other. They're hilarious. Yeah. So they, um, it was with, the session was with Colin, Alex, and Emma Love from Loot. Yeah. Um, yep. 
She's awesome too. And yeah, we started off that session with a whole different song. I don't even remember what it was. And then I think I was writing a song called Fangirl. And that, that song does not Ooh. exist. Um, and then I had heard again in our in my concept list. And I was like, all right, like safe space, like ballads, Jillian. Like, let's just do another like big thing. Like, I really want to get a song today. I really like who I'm working with. Like, let's let's do something I'm more comfortable with. And then I was like, we wrote Hurt Again and it uh, just kind of appeared and very real and the first verse is very deep and low don't cry anymore and it haunts me i miss the emotional frenzy of back and forth and messing up you're so good it's kind of scary not used to someone caring quite this much so i fuck it up yeah super small world every time i mention a song i i I'd never looked at the credits i like i've been pulling up the credits and i'm like oh Okay, yeah, I guess we do have a ton of mutual friends. Yeah, do it. so fun. I love that. It's such a small world, and they're just all of them are just like great folks. Like they just are are so generous with their with their understanding of like what you're looking for. Yeah, that's awesome. Well, I'm yeah. All those songs are absolutely killer. Like they're Thank just you. they've been. Those are my top been, three. Anything else is a little questionable, but we're <laughs> the new project is probably the things I've been writing in LA are probably the best songs I've ever written in my whole life. So. Do you have a name for the EP yet? Are I you able, do. Are we able to get the exclusive scoop? And I've only told my boyfriend, the person I wrote the title track with, with which is Bendik Moeller. I went up to oh, him drunk yeah. at the party and I was like, I think I have the title track and it's our song. And I, this is the title. It's really cool. But I don't know if I'm going to disclose it yet. <laughs> you you whispered it like Bendik would whisper something to you at a party. <laughs> oh. <laughs> It's <laughs> funny, yeah. He's a funny like guy. You're, you were, you're, you're. You didn't mean to do an impression, but, uh, but in you whispering to Bendik, you channeled Bendik whispering back. <laughs> it was actually uncanny. Oh my God. Yeah, he's a, uh, he's great. He's so talented. Yeah, we made a really cool, cool song. That one's definitely my favorite song we've done together. We'll, we'll, yeah. we'll keep. We'll let the mystery be yes. um, foiled in our scoop. We tried. Yeah. Well, the title song, the title track is a brief. Is like. Just letters, like it's an abbreviation. I think that's the right word of the title. So, like the title track stands for the title. Interesting. It's hard to figure out. You'll. It's really cool. It's really about my life in 2018, Boston, Jillian, dating guys who I probably shouldn't have dated, but did for a reason <laughs> because we wrote. Smash songs. Not the guy dated me. I wrote the Smash songs. He just <laughs> he didn't even go to Berkeley. So shout out him. My source of income. <laughs> there source you go. Make your pain monetizable. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Make your heartbreak valuable. <laughs> yep. Pay your rent. <laughs> Woo! Pausing the podcast to remind you that we have a Patreon that you can subscribe to if you want to support the show. If you're enjoying this episode, but you're thinking that you've got a burning question for an artist, or you just want to talk with us, or maybe you just want to mug with our faces, our Patreon's the way to go. So go to patreon.com slash talking lion to subscribe. Now back to the show. Jillian, are you ready for the question round? I am so ready for questions. <laughs> what do you miss about childhood? Oh, that's a good question. Um, this is going to be really like kind of depressing for everybody in music. I miss listening to songs in like and not 
caring about you know who wrote it and who mm-hmm. and who yeah. who wrote yeah. what oh, and who man. did what and what daw did they use and what who's the producer and and how it came together i miss just peacefully miss listening to music not knowing anything about it ain't that the truth i yeah. feel that i i feel that i think the reason i cried so hard at the bonivera show was i i realized that this was like the last thing like the last safe thing i have like I can't. Boney Vera is a spaceship. Like all the other things were mechanics. Like yeah. we can, t- like we can, we can see, look into the car and look under the hood and and understand how it works. Yeah. And like Boney Vera for me is still just a spaceship. Like I don't, I don't know how they do it, and I, I don't want to know. I don't want to know. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. I feel that way about. There's only a few songs that I still feel like connected to without like thinking about like, oh, how manufactured was this? Who put these people in a room? Like there's only a few songs that I feel that way about. And it's kind of sad. We're editors. We're editors at the end of the day, you know? Like I think if you're creatively inclined, you're a good editor. And that is tricky because it's hard muscle to shut off. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I think it's easy to not be creative. I know like everybody's got the drive to be creative, but I think that it is easy to be like, okay, like I don't feel like writing today. Yeah. Nothing's coming. It's fine. Like creativity you can shut off. But if you're so used to finding what's wrong with something for the purpose of changing it, yeah. then you can't, nothing is fair game. Like yeah. I've listened to songs that I'm like, they should fire their mix engineer. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Or lyrics where I'm just like, they just they just let that one go. go? Like they didn't realize like that it's, that, that, that was a fill line they could have fixed later. You yeah. Know? It all gets so, I just can't shut it off. Yeah. Um, it gets, it gets tricky. What about you, Noah? What do you miss about your childhood? What do I miss about my childhood? Um, Noah actually was born 21, fully formed. Wow. Yeah, it feels that way at this point. <laughs> Are you guys, you guys aren't 21, right? No, yeah. I'm, I'm 25. I'm 24. <laughs> cool. I'm 22. Yeah. Oh, there we go. Yeah. Can I answer? Yeah, go for it. So my, uh, my, my grandpa's actually in the hospital at the moment. I'm um, sorry. He's like, he's, he's okay. It's just been a whole thing. But I saw my grandfather. At the, at the hospital, we were just talking about, you know, uh, apple picking. So I went apple picking in New York last uh, last week when we visited. Aww. He was saying that he remembers this place called Schultz's Cider Mill. And mm. I've been talking about it with, you know, I mention it every once in a while. But there was this orchard and cider mill near my, near my hometown that, like, you would sit at a bar that was, like, circular and it surrounded an oven. Oh. Oh, and so cool. they would give you they would give you fresh apple cider, hot or cold, whatever you wanted. And then the donuts would come out of the oven and they would just hand it to you. Wow. Like straight out of the oven. That sounds so yummy. But it closed when I was like four or five. And it's weird because it's like if you were to say, What's your first like happy memory? I I don't remember my childhood until I sat down and ate that donut. Wow, <laughs> that's so cool though. You have like a very distinct memory. Like that's a very cool like time to remember. Um, I'm trying to think of something like that for me. I remember <laughs> my dad always made me a CD called like Jillian's Hits. And it was just like my favorite Aww. songs. Um, yeah. And I had like a little like radio box to put the CD yeah. in. And um, I remember Girls Just Want to Have Fun was one of the songs. Oh, I remember. What a that. song though. Such a good time. And Dancing Queen. All right. I think I have my you answer. Got yours. I got my answer. Tell so, us about your childhood, Noah. So there, I have one specific answer and one general answer. I have, a. there was, back when I was in Zimbabwe. Oh, at, yeah. at my, That's where I grew up. Oh, yeah, you grew um, up in Wait, Zimbabwe. really? Yeah. Um, <laughs> Very cool. 
a lot a lot of bad things about growing up in Zimbabwe, which is the, well the first stuff that came to mind. But one one happy pure memory I have is of this coronation chicken sandwich. It was called coronation chicken. It's a it's a British recipe because obviously a lot of stuff down there is like British colonial history. Yeah, and it was just this beautiful. It was it was at my uh, elementary school that, and we would go on our lunch breaks, and there was this little cafe. Uh, and there's this coronation chicken sandwich. And it's just one of those things. I mean, it's partially just because it's a childhood thing, right? Like, I don't think I will ever have a chicken sandwich that good yeah. ever in my life. Like, it, like even the memory of it, I'm like, nothing will ever taste that. <laughs> that and good. I've had amazing meals in, in the 20 plus years I've been alive since then. But nothing will ever quite measure up to this one coronation chicken sandwich. I've thought about, like, in London going to places and seeing how I can seek out something that sort of scratches that itch. But nothing's ever really going to scratch that itch because it's just... Yeah, it was just the beauty of being a child mixed with just a really good spicy chicken sandwich. Yeah, that's and then awesome. broadly, broadly, I was thinking about just like this is. I mean, this is such a like corny answer. It's the obvious thing you know you might think of when you think of childhood. But like, I miss just playing like make believe with my friends. Yeah, just, like, in in the yard, you know, running around. Like literally, just entertaining ourselves. Manhunt. I think about Manhunt all the time. We lived like in a, yeah. in a, a bit of really quiet neighborhood in a, in a really small town. So the whole neighborhood was like fair game for Manhunt. We'd all just be running around chasing each other in in the dark, you know. Oh my god. Yeah, it's just there's just something so pure about that experience. So uh, cool. Of just like yeah, just entertaining yourself with with nothing around and your just your own brain. Yeah. That like we I you know and this is gonna sound super crotchety and old manny, but like. We just have diff- different options now that there's just less of an incentive to do that as a person. <laughs> you know, there's less of an incentive wow. to be entertained by yourself because entertainment's so readily available. Yeah. That was very deep. <laughs> I miss the general concept of joy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, basically. <laughs> yeah, the general concept of joy. I love the food answers because like bagels, uh, like whatever, we ordered... Um, soup dumplings last night and they were good don't get me wrong they were good but nothing beats dumpling palaces soup dumplings at 2 a.m can't confirm because i just had dumpling palaces soup dumplings at 2 a.m i i i didn't really eat there i got food poisoning there from a bubble tea so i didn't go that often i love boba and bubble you get food poisoning from boba yes my friend's boyfriend did too from this like the only boba place on long island when we were like 15 still probably it went out of business but he like threw up all over her bed (laughs) <laughs> from no. Boba. Wow. So yeah, I got that from Dumpling Palace. I was a big and emphasis on the word big love art sushi fan. Whoa. Oh, I, oh man. Interesting. Because that because you came in 2017. That that just opened yeah. as we were leaving, but I went all the time because it, it was like poke, but like not like dry. It was delicious. It was so good. My it's still the best pokey place I've ever been to. Um Little Steve's Tea House, Teriyaki tea House, house. Mm-hmm. come on. So many lunches, late nights. All of our friends were tea house people. Not, it's not what it wasn't me. Really? My, I pledged my allegiance to Dumpling Palace, and you there I will it, die. There's no rivalry. No. Like you well, can go I to I really both. miss Boston now. Like, oh my god. I, like sometimes I get these like moments where I just cry about how much I miss. Like, not like there's really good memories I have from Berkeley, but it's not the music stuff. No, um, I mean, yeah. we we had a sh- we had a show at the Middle East oh. last week. Oh my god! So we were in Boston last week um, with we were opening for this artist named Fangs with Me at Hope. Cool. And it was so what was so funny was that like Noah, Jess, Miet, and I were all fucking anxious. Like we were all having these like weird like mini PTSD responses to being back there. Yeah. 
and like whatever, you know, and like sort of recognizing all the baggage that was there. But also I did, you know, we had to go home to catch our flight. So we actually just drove right after the show. But Noah did a little uh, tour of Boston with uh, with his partner. Yeah. And um, that was actually really nice. I like it was it was nice and surreal to go back and like walk down the Berkeley Beach and see a big group of kids coming out of a calf show. Yeah. And be like, I have such a strong link to this location. Yeah. But all it's all fresh blood. I have no personal link to Berkeley anymore. Mm. Like, it's just like, I'm uh, here's this place that means so much to me. And now there's all these new younger people making new yeah. memories with it. And I felt so like there was a weird sense of warmth and comfort being there and seeing it all, but also like a weird sense of detachment. Yeah, I forget about that stuff. I forget about like the late nights at Tea House with the scallion pancakes and the Harvard frat final yeah. club parties that freshmen went to. I'm not secure enough in my ego to like interact with the kids in the Berkeley bubble because one, I, I would not be able to stop myself from being like, hey, have you guys heard of Sleeping Lion? We were really big. <laughs> back when you were in high school, you know, uh, and, so and two, I don't know. I, I don't know what my ego would do if they said no or or if they said yes. Like, I think either hmm. answer would like set me back. some. <laughs> yeah, I don't think I would ask them from I would not ask them if they knew me. I think I associate Berkeley with with bad memories when I think about certain people at Berkeley or a certain staff at Berkeley. But Ooh. but when I um but when I think about Berkeley as like an actual college and not the mini music industry that it was. I have really good memories about it. Well, and, and like like the music industry and the mini music industry, there was so there was so much, just so much, so many shitty egos at Berkeley, yeah, and and blatant misogyny and Very and much. boundary boundary crossing shit, mm-hmm. personally, professionally, all that. But I think in a lot of ways too, it it because of its sort of mini trial run of the music industry. Yeah. Um, it was a good place, you know, I think I, I, I can only speak for myself, but like to learn how to call people out on their behavior. Yeah. How to be, be respectful of boundaries or set your own boundaries and um, and how to know the difference between like professionalism and self-care. Very um, true. Rec- recognizing that like how important it is, you know, like, yeah, at Berkeley, yeah, no and I, we're only able to work on our record in the MP&E studios from like 2 a.m. to 6 a.m. Yep. So we like learned that, that uh, you know, hustle, which is good. I think we also learned that nothing is ever worth that level of exhaustion. Mm. 100%. You know, it'll, it will kill you. It will actually legitimately at some point kill you. Yeah. I only did you know? one session like that. But I know a lot of producers and MP&E people that actually had to book their own times um, had that. And that's horrible. We're a duo because we we didn't want to book a practice room. We neither of us thought we could get up early enough to to, to book one. Oh wow! For a bigger yeah. band, yeah. Yeah. So we're like two's easy. We can do two in a room. You yeah. Oh, um, love it. That's so funny. What's something that you had a hard time with as a child that you still have a tough time with now? Um, if I could do funny and then I could do deep. <laughs> funny this is such a weird thing about me and maybe I'm like possessive and strange but I like hate when people copy me or like even like this is like a really weird example but like I can't order the same thing as someone at like a restaurant <laughs> oh my god like if you if I'm getting the chicken sandwich and you get the chicken sandwich I'm like 
there's going to be two chicken sandwiches. Like I have to get something different. And I, I've, <laughs> I've realized that about myself really young. Like I did, I've done that my whole life. It's so weird. And now I'm kind of like over it. Like sometimes I'll get the same thing as someone, but that's stuck with me for a while. That's interesting. Are you, are you, uh, do you have a sibling? I do. Um, that's a whole other story. That makes sense. Yeah. But yeah. Are you an old, are you the older one? I'm older. My brother uh, has autism. He's 18. Oh, interesting. Yeah. I would, I would gatekeep the hell out of music for my brother because whenever my brother liked a song, he would sing along, but only like the every fifth word. Yeah. So like if I, if I showed him like move along by like the all American rejects at the time, you know, he would be like, you just hear my brother going strong, long, <laughs> you do. <laughs> oh my god! And I just so it ruined funny. the songs for me, so I I gate I gatekeep my brother. <laughs> That's so funny. My brother's favorite song is Despacito, so oh man, loves it, sings it. Great! That's a great great song. Yeah, I, I didn't know that about uh, about uh, your brother though. Would you mind speaking on that experience? Yeah, I'll speak on it a little bit. I won't go too crazy. Sure. But yeah, growing up was definitely different for me. I didn't really have like a sibling that I could talk to. My brother doesn't understand much. He speaks and he you can have a conversation with him, but it's not like a normal conversation. Yeah, he struggles a lot with like OCD and just like has a learning disability as well. I never really noticed how different he was until I saw my friend's brother, who I've known them my whole life, was 18. And like he was going off to college and like had a girlfriend. And I was like, wow, I, I remember being 18. And my brother's so, so different and so much younger seeming. And I was kind of like, I always knew he was different, but as a cute kid, we're four years apart. So as like a cute little brother, like it seemed a little more normal or rational to be like a little less mature. But now it's like it's come to when he's 18 and he's still there. So um, I think at 18 was when he turned 18 was like the first time I really realized, um, wow, like this is so different from when I was 18. Like I can't like so different. And like, yeah. This year has been really hard with COVID. It definitely has humbled me. And I I feel, this sounds kind of conceited, but I feel like I, I've been through a lot. And sometimes I feel like alone in what I've been through, but I also feel like really strong and like nothing can can, can break me and stuff um, from stuff that I, that he and like has led me to have been through. I appreciate, I appreciate just you sharing um, that. I appreciate yeah. you touching on it for sure. Yeah, of course. And what's your serious answer for the, what was something that was tough in your childhood that is still tough for you now? Oh, we're going to get even deeper. Yeah, well, you the, what's some, something you had a tough time with? I think body image. And I know a lot of girls will say that answer, um, which is sad that women are made to feel like they can't exist unless they're, you know, look like everybody else. Um, but yeah, I always kind of struggled with my my body image and food here and there. I've definitely struggled with like, anxiety around food or, or eating too much food or not eating enough food and a lot of ups and downs in that window. Yeah. And I definitely still do kind of a couple events led me to feel that way about myself, but, um, we're working on it. And, uh, now I kind of just use my platform sometimes when I'm comfortable to like promote being somewhere in the middle and not necessarily plus size and also not necessarily your typical skinny pop star. Not that I'm a star yet. Yeah. Oh, you are a star. <laughs> I, only only stars allowed on uh, on Talking Lion. You Woo! know. Star. <laughs> Noah, what what is yours? All right, I'm thinking. I, I see you marinating. I, I got a good one. Um, 
the thing that I had trouble with as a kid uh, that I still struggle with is like picking a goddamn lane. I think about how as a, as a kid, when they asked me what I wanted to be when I grew up, what I really wanted to be was a pilot, but also that I would cook the food on the plane. And also I would be a doctor. So if someone Ooh. got sick on the plane, I could help them out. And also I would probably, like, probably some other stuff. Like I remember, I remember as a kid having this big business plan of like doing everything on the plane, you know, like wow. dri- flying the plane, but also like being a flight attendant. Like, you know, the, like the, the, the dream was always to do literally everything I could. Aww. And I feel like I'm, uh, I still struggle with that impulse to be like, oh, I'm going to be a writer and an, an artist and a producer and I'm going to act a little bit and I'm going to do a little bit of comedy and I'm going to try to write some short stories and like that that my impulse is, is very much like completely scattered and like ADD about yeah. like my ambitions and there's yeah. not a narrow focus, which I, I don't think is necessarily a bad thing. There's something nice and we've, and Nate and I have talked at length about this, about about how it, you know, that there's there's liberty in like bouncing around a lot of different areas mm-hmm. of creativity and that, that that can actually be really empowering and good. Um, yeah. but that it can also be this negative of like you hedge your bets and you yeah. don't really get anything done because you start a million things and never finish any of them. I used to do that all the time. And now it's kind of like only when I watch Shark Tank, I'm like, wow, I should start a business. <laughs> and it's like, wait, I kind of already have one and it's me. Oh, no. <laughs> no, exactly. <laughs> yeah. So that's that's kind that's kind of something that that. But what I think is interesting about it is that, you know, it's obviously okay when you're a kid. Like, when you're a kid, you're allowed to just dream yeah. to be whatever you want. The older you get, the more it's like, what are you actually doing with your life and opportunity cost? And, like, if you're doing that, then you're not doing this. And are you wasting your time yeah. here? Like, you know, if, if you don't follow through on something, it means so much more as an adult. Yeah. So that's why it feels like, you know, a struggle that the seed was planted really early. Uh, and when when I tell anybody that I'm working on something, like I'll tell them when it's a twinkle in my eye that I had last week. So so everybody's like, so aren't you, you know, writing a book? I'm like, oh, no, that was three weeks ago. No, yeah. I'm, I'm doing something else now. <laughs> yeah. It took me too long to actually figure my answer in this moment, even though like it's so obvious that this is the thing. Like this is if there is a thing, the thing, it is this which is I struggled so much as a kid getting anywhere on time, like getting mm. getting out the door in my house was, you know, I wasn't a particularly good morning person and I had early classes, but I also just, I love talking to people and I love, you know, like looking on my phone and I love, you know, taking things off of my to-do list and I'm also just really bad both at sort of like anticipating how long maybe like the journey to get somewhere will take. Like I think in my head, it's always like, oh yeah, I'll be lucky this time. And it'll be like the minimum amount of time as opposed to like double that, which is what it probably is closer to. Um, But also I just don't understand, like I don't feel it in my gut, like what time passing feels like. But it's like, yeah, I have a hard time being on time places and it's fucked with friendships and it's hurt some feelings and it's it's sometimes even ruined some opportunities. And it's something that I, I do feel extremely out of control with. Um, and I felt that as a kid and I still feel that now. Um, so that's yeah. something I've been... It's hard to work on, mm-hmm. you know, because it's the, the the problem is like, you know, it, it the the problem is is like an understanding of how time feels on your body. Yeah. You know, it's but it, so that's like trying to like get better at at something when you don't have that sense. Yeah. You know, but 
That's what that's what came to mind yeah. immediately. <laughs> Next question is, what is your phone background? Oh, it's actually my lock screen. Hold on, is Boston? It's I took this photo myself. It's of the something gardens. It's next to the common. Oh yeah, but yeah, the the uh, the public garden. I don't know, but yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. it's like of the river there. It's like my first week at, in Boston, and I took that photo. It's still my background, and then my home screen is my boyfriend on the beach um, for our anniversary. Aww, He's nice. just we had our anniversary, and we made a whole charcuterie board to eat it on this like private beach and then the private beach was closed so we went to a public beach and there's a bunch of seagulls around so he was just like here i am living the living the life i love it very fun (laughs) yeah um do you have a non-musical hobby such a good question because no (laughs) um yeah everyone's like what do you like i'm like this is literally all i do every day and even in like berkeley like i'd go out i go out like every four months i still do I'm trying to think, like, what do I do besides music? Watch TV. I love reality TV, but hobbies, like, do I make art other than music art or do I? So no, but I do watch a lot of Bachelor Nation and a lot of Love hey. Island and a She's lot in the pit. of just Netflix shows. I just finished You, so good in one day, Squid Game. I'm like, I'm with the times, you know, I'm a big Gen <laughs> Z, like, I'm a big internet person too, not like on the internet, but I watch, I've always watched YouTube. So I guess a hobby of mine Mm. could be YouTube, Um, just entertainment. Like I've been fans of some YouTubers. I was like one of the first like people on YouTube probably. I remember the first video I've ever seen. I feel I would would go to the the first VidCons a lot. I was Really? I never made it there. My parents wouldn't let me go, but I... I'm a huge YouTuber fanatic. To, like, I love like Cody Ko, and I was like his, mm-hmm. one of his ten thousand tenths of thousand subscribers. Like, literally so early to that party. Is that a dream collab with Cody Ko? Yeah, I think I'd want to like write collab. for the TMG project because I'm like I'm a funny lyricist too, which just doesn't come out in my sad sultry music, but. I have some pitch records that are just super out there and uh, <laughs> I'm sure I would, I could land one with Cody Go. Well, most important question on the podcast. Are you ready for it? Mm-hmm. Would you be a pirate? Arr. No, I don't think so. I get seasick. I get car sick yeah. more than seasick, <laughs> but oh, I don't want to wear um, too much clothing. I get sweaty. I'm good. <laughs> I also don't love the water unless I'm looking there at it. There you go. Rather that's than swimming in it. Yeah. She's on your team, bud. Yeah, that's yeah. that's that's fully, fully, fully where I'm at. That's, I'm a, like, that's oh. a W for Noah. Yeah. <laughs> we love we yeah. love to see it. Woo! What's the first concert you went to? The first concert I went to was Cheetah Girls. Oh yeah. That's fine. Mm-hmm. 2008 yeah. or nine. Live in the cheetah dream. What a what a life. What a time, what a time, what a time. They did not <laughs> nice. sing that Very song good. there. But <laughs> Yeah. Do you have any tattoos? None. She gets mad when I say this, but she says it. My mother would kill me. <laughs> Do you have a scar with a story? Oh, no. I've, not, I've never I've never been like a rebel. I was never a rebellious kid. I never like jumped over fences or anything. You're unscathed. We've never had yeah. had an unscathed person. I, mm, I, don't, I fell up the stairs like totally sober like two years ago. And I have this little like scar on my knuckle. That's good. That there works. Go. Yeah. That counts. But I'm really like You've a... been scathed. Walked through the fire. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's it. 
Very good. Can you recommend our listeners a movie, a book, and a TV show? Okay. Well, unfortunately, don't listen to me, kids. I don't really read books anymore. No but one does. I know. A book, a, a movie, and a TV show. Okay, a book. This is the only book I've ever read in full, probably. You Are a Badass. Great book. Oh, there you go. That, yep, that series. That's a classic. Great book. Okay. Uh, movie. The Social Network, my favorite movie of all time. I watched it for the Aaron first Sorkin, time. Aaron let's go. Yes, I watched it for the first time in Boston at like before going to my first Harvard party or after going Ooh, to my first Harvard party. That's good. And it was so like magical. And I was I was there, you know, I was I was with Mark Zuckerberg in my head, unfortunately. On a TV show, just watch The Bachelor or Love Island. They're just good. Binge worthy TV. See who couples um, up. I love, I love, the, I love the Bachelor. Yeah. What are three thoughts you have at this very moment? I'm hungry. I need nice. to find an apartment. Classic. My ears are hurting a little from these headphones. Oh yeah, yeah. That 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 happens. Yeah. You're in luck because we're on to the last question. Woo! Yes. And lastly, finally, what are you looking forward to? I'm looking forward to my EP and my EP. <laughs> nice. I'm so excited. It's the probably my favorite piece of work I'll ever I've ever put out so far it's just so good when you can feel that way about what you're working on like that's killer we can't wait to hear it yeah thank you of course well jillian it's so nice to finally meet you after all of our mutual friends yes and 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 podcast alumni we are here we are new friends and we we would love to to hang and write in the future for sure but uh, until then thank you so much for being on the podcast we'll talk to you soon Thank you for listening to this episode of Talking Lion. We would like to thank New Wave and Isotope for their support of Talking Lion. If you'd like to show your support, ask our guests your questions, talk to us on Discord, and get a shout out at the end of each episode, subscribe to our Patreon over at patreon.com slash talkinglion. Thank you for listening and see you next time.